Thanks for coming in, Mr. Mahoney. Do you have your member ID card? Yep, I have it right here in the FEP Blue app. See? Great. It's awesome. The app can also help me find a provider and keep tabs on my deductibles. Okay, can I... Oh, yeah, and my out-of-pocket spending and visit limits, and I can call the nurse line. I'm really glad it does all that, but I only need to see your member ID card. Oh, that's it? Why didn't you say so? Fearless is just one tap away. With the new FEP Blue app from Blue Cross and Blue Shield, you can access your health benefits on the go. Download it now at fepblue.org slash app. You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's plate this dish. Let's do this on October 4th, the Tuesday. Time for another edition of Locked On Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Matt Derry with you Tuesday into Wednesday, and we are here for you right here on audioboom.com and on iTunes, Locked On Lions, locked and loaded. Let's do this for today. An off day for the Lions as they get ready to get back to practice tomorrow. Uh, and they got the Philadelphia Eagles at 3-0 coming to town Sunday. Yes, it is the return again of Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz, former Lions head coach, now Eagles defensive coordinator. He'll be in the building Sunday for the Lions and the Eagles as Philly's D coordinator. And they're off to a 3-0 and start. Can the Lions beat the Eagles? We will ask that question to our guest coming up. The legendary, the great Adnan Verk from ESPN. You see him on SportsCenter, college football, uh, baseball tonight, NFL Live, ESPN Radio. He's everywhere. We'll talk to Adnan Verk coming up in a couple of minutes right here on Locked On Lions. You can hit me up if you have any questions, if you have any comments, you ever want to say anything that we want to read on the uh, show. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Derry Speaks, D-E-R-Y Speaks, and also on the fan page, the Matt Derry fan page on Facebook. I've been trying over the last 24 hours or so to come up with a way today of doing something different on Lockdown Lions. I could sit here and we could break down Jim Caldwell again and talk about, is he the worst coach in Lions history? Is he the worst coach in the NFL? Is he the worst current coach out there? These these topics have all been done, and in credit to my to my pals at the ticket, and ninety seven won the ticket. Credit to them. I've been listening. You know, I, I I know the topics that they do, and I don't blame them for doing it. I, I'm trying to look at this Lions team in somewhat of a positive manner today, and it's very very difficult to do. Very difficult to do. Number one, they're one and three. All right, they've lost three in a row. They just lost to the Chicago Bears. Yes, the Chicago Bears. So to try to find positives through what the, Jim Caldwell likes to call the first quarter of the season is almost impossible, especially when you've dropped three in a row and you've lost two games to two really bad teams, like awful teams. The Bears are terrible. We know that. The Chicago Bears are bad. Came into the last week's game 0-3. What about losing to the Tennessee Titans? who are also a winless team other than knocking off the Lions as they sit at 1-3. and three. It's unacceptable. And I know, and I know I've, I've said this for a long time on the show here. It is a year of observation. It is a year for Bob Quinn to take a look and, and decide where he's going to go with players, with coaches, with staffers, whomever. But boy, oh boy, you only get one shot to do this. You only get 16 games. You look at the, the, the NFC, and I'll talk to Adnan about this. You look at the top of the NFC and you go, Minnesota, hey, 
Saw him on Monday Night Football last night. Again, another impressive performance. Through four games, that defense has given up 50 points. 50 points, that's it. They're tremendous. All right, but then Philly, Atlanta, the Rams. We're not talking about world-beating teams here. You know, Falcons are improved, like that team. All right, they've done some nice things. Eagles have a rookie quarterback that at any point can shift the other way. Not easy to go from North Dakota State to the NFL and have success. So this is there. You know, the Green Bay Packers, of course, are 2-1 and one and in second place in the, in the North. But were the Lions wiped off the field with them and lost and lose 52-3 to three and had no shot? No, they, they were a third down stop away from getting the ball back and trying to go down and tie the game at Lambeau a couple of weeks ago. Got off to a lousy start, but I just don't see this giant uh, mountain that the Lions would have to climb to get to the top of the NFC. But with that being said, it's so much parity. There's such an opportunity, and this team has to do better. And it does start with the head coach and, and everybody in having some success. They've got to do better. All right, as promised, our guest today, one of the greats. You see him all over ESPN, including hosting the College Football Today studio shows Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Let's talk some Lions with ESPN's own, the great Adnan Verk. What's up, brother? Matt, great to be with you, man. We've definitely talked in the past, and uh, it's good to be reunited here on the podcast. I'm sure it's going great, so congrats on all the success. And um, I, I was going to say go Lions, but if, if I say that, you're going to think I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> it's gone so far. No, I, I'm not sarcastic, but Adnan, you know, it's just, it's been a real struggle this first month. And as Jim Caldwell likes to say, the first quarter of the season is over and, and they're sitting at one and three as, as you're around the studio and, and with some of the NFL guys, what are they saying? Well, it just seems like there's so much frustration because in the past you'd go, all right, like if you look at the last couple decades, let's say of Lions football, it's always been, well, we've had a couple of superstars, but never gone to the next step, right? So a lot of us grew up with Barry Sanders and being mesmerized by him. But then, you know, you have all these Wayne Fonts jokes and so on and so forth. But the last five, six, six years, though, it was like, no, Stafford's a good quarterback with a big arm. Calvin Johnson's one of the best wide receivers in the game. Like, there was reason to be excited. And now Calvin steps away, and he's okay, well, it's going to be a transition. But he's only one guy who's getting longer. They can rebuild. But now it feels like there's so much pessimism. Like, when I talk to a Teddy Bruschi or a Ryan Clark, it, it goes back to the old way about the lines. Like you just picture the paper bags in their heads and 0 and 16 again. And you go, oh yeah, same old lines, yeah. And they just, the biggest thing they tell me is go, you just can't compete in that division. Like there's no reason for hope anymore. Like if you're a Bears fan right now, you're upset. You know your team stinks, but you still feel like, all right, Jim Fox is a good coach or John Fox is a good coach. We'll turn this around. For the Lions right now, you go, no, they're, they're going to be married to the seller for a while. There's no chance you're going to beat the Packers anytime soon. So it's tough. Well, that, that's the, the biggest thing, and you just brought it up. The division's very good with Minnesota and Green Bay at the top, and certainly the Vikings last night were very impressive again, but you've got to beat the Bears at least, and the Lions didn't do that last week. Yeah, that's where, you're right, to mention the Vikings too, their defense is outstanding. Like you, you, you look at that team and you go, okay, even without Adrian Peterson, even without Bridgewater, I know there's some opinion split as well on how good he, he actually is, but Bradford comes in. Doesn't miss a beat, and their defense is awesome. So you're right. Minnesota now feels like they've rebuilt, they've built a strong nucleus, and they're a genuine Super Bowl contender. The Packers, obviously, there, Aaron Rodgers, always in the mix. And the Bears, like my brother's a Bears fan, so I, I get more Bears intel than I need in my life. And he was telling me at the start of the year, okay, maybe 8-8, eight and 6-10 eight, and ten at worst, and now they're, nah, it's more like 3-13, and 13, like this team's awful. And you're right. If the Lions are going, hey, let's just try to be better than the Bears, that's an awfully tough predicament to be, and that's something tough to sell the fans on. 
Adnan Verk with us from ESPN, Anchor, everywhere, especially with college football, and I want to ask you about that coming up uh, in a little bit. But, look, the, the biggest thing here in Detroit right now is the fan base has had it with Jim Caldwell. As far as coaching goes, and obviously he's not a guy at the top of the list around the league. People are going crazy for Zimmer and, and Bill Belichick, but what are your thoughts on him? And, and with a new GM, how surprised were you that he was even back this year? Yeah, I was surprised that he got got the call, although – we see this often, Maddie. When we've talked baseball before, too, when the new front office comes in, they give the guy a year, and they're they're almost hoping that the season goes arising. All right, well, he wasn't my guy; he's fired now. Let's move on. So I think that's what's happening with Caldwell. They're saying, all right, let's just give him a chance just to see, and then ultimately the, the Lions are not going to have a very good season. That's very easy to chance to coach there. When I look at Caldwell, my issue is this: I just don't think it's a very inspiring choice. Like I'm big on for fan bases, for teams, for players. When I see the coach, do I go, all right? This guy has a certain mojo. He has a certain charisma. He has a certain fire. Even coaches that haven't worked, at least I've seen it with them. Like Singletary, when the Niners had him, I'm like, all right, this guy had that famous rant at the game, right? I want winners. He's got something about him. Maybe you want to play for him. He has cash as a former player. Now, didn't end up being a good coach, but okay, fine. At least, at least I could see what the mold was, what they were going for. With Caldwell, you go, all right, it's just kind of the same laid-back demeanor, He's never really been a success. You know, he's never going to... You think of the years of the Colts, it feels like it's a, like a mirage. Like it was so long ago. You just go, all right, he's not going to bring the fire and brimstone that a team like the Lions needs. I'll give you another example. Rex Ryan, okay? I think many would now agree with this. Right. He's actually not a great coach. He's a very average coach. He's a 500 coach. But he's entertaining, he sells tickets, and he's actually a great defensive mind. And, and he'll steal headlines, and they'll generate enough mojo that you go, all right, the Bills beat the Patriots. Wow, they shut them out. How about the Bills? Here they come. With Caldwell, you never have that moment that you feel inspired by. And to me, that's a problem. You, you look at it, too, and it's not like the NFC, you know, the top of the NFC right now consists of the Vikings, who we knew were going to have a really good defense. I don't think anybody expected it to be this good. But Philly, Atlanta, the Rams, it's it's not like the Lions are in such trouble of of, of just going into a 2-14 and 14 season. It, it, there's a lot of parity out there. Yeah, the, the big one to me is this game against the Eagles because the way Phillies come out, 3-0, and and Carson Wentz, you know, everyone's talking about the Wentz wagon and how good it's looking so far. I'm as impressed as anybody by the poise that young man's shown, the fact that he does take a lot of hits. So I do think if the Lions bring some pressure and bring the blitz, like that's what stood out to me about Wentz. For a rookie, he doesn't get happy feet. He's not throwing bad interceptions. That, that's the beauty of him so far has been he's put up good numbers, he completes 60% of his passes, and he doesn't throw interceptions. So I think if the Lions are, all right, fine, this guy's not going to throw the ball, well, let's get to him. And you bring pressure and also maybe a batted ball or a fumble or you knock him out, you know, maybe things can change a little bit. So, as you said, it's so early in the year, but I get the fact there's pessimism and dismay right now if you're a Lions fan, but you beat the Eagles, which is a 3-0 team, Maybe all of a sudden you get a little passion going, you go on a little bit of a run. The Rams, I'm as surprised as anybody, they're 3-1, and one, so I, I, I'm not to say that's a mirage, but I feel like they can be that good, can they? So the Lions, like, there's still time. The, the next few weeks, I think, is going to tell a lot towards determining how good this Lions team is going to be. How, how good is this league, though? You're, you're really uh, having a close eye on the college football game, uh, hosting all the studio stuff. Uh, Parity riddled, without Tom Brady the first four weeks, I'm not seeing great football being played either. Neither am I, and I never thought I'd be that guy, Matt. I always thought the NFL was better than college football. Like, NFL is king, and I get it for good reason. It's a tremendous product. It's made for television. You have passionate fan bases throughout the country. Fantasy. Small markets like Green... 
right? Fantasy is an enormous part of it. Gambling is an enormous part of it. Like, I get why the NFL will never be knocked off the perch. It's at that point now where I feel like it's too big to fail. Uh, even with the concussion epidemic, even with people concerned about that, rightfully so. But in watching the actual football now, it's become this. It's become, unless they have red zone, which is automatic entertainment, because it's just taking me to where a team is about to score, so it's built in excitement. If you're just giving me a game, if you're just going, all right, watch the Jets game, I go, geez, do I really have to do that? Where in college football, the big games actually lived up to the hype. Think about it. Like, Clemson-Louisville, that's what we were talking about all week, and it was a great game. Oh. It's happy. There, was, there was turnovers, but 42-36, and Lamar Jackson had the ball inside the 10. With five seconds left on fourth and twelve, they almost scored a touchdown. Like that's that's awesome. That's exactly what I want on a Saturday night on ABC. Um, even even the games that were ended up being blowouts, like Stanford Washington, was still noteworthy because you go, all right, Stanford. I know McCaffrey. I don't know much about these Huskies teams. They haven't been relevant in a long time, and they spanked them. Like they just destroyed the Cardinals. So you go, all right. I guess I'm paying attention to Washington now. Um, even Michigan winning again a tough, hard-fought game, but beating Wisconsin. 14-7, Harbaugh's defense stepping up big. I feel like the college football matchups that you look forward to live up to the hype, whereas the NFL, it's, it's a little more awry. Like sometimes it's a good game, but sometimes it's a bit of a bit of a laugher. Look at the Steelers on Sunday night. That wasn't a very good game either, and you thought coming in, oh, it should be all right, but, but Pittsburgh looks to be one of the better teams in the NFL now, again. Adnan Verk with us from ESPN, joining me here on Locked on Lions. Matt Derry with you on a, a Tuesday October 4 into Wednesday, October 5. You mentioned Carson Wentz before, and I don't think anybody thought he'd be this good this quickly, but because of the hype machine, because of your network, because of everything else that goes on in media and social media now, you brought it up earlier. Lions hit him a couple of times. He'll look pretty ordinary, but how surprised are you to, that he's having this type of success this quickly? I'm surprised only of that. You look at Philadelphia's talent the season ago, Maddie, and it, it just didn't have a lot. Like, quite frankly, that's why there was concern about the move to get Wentz, because you go, hang on a second, you're giving up picks for one guy? Like, you'd better hope this guy's a franchise quarterback, because in a season ago, you didn't generate enough pressure on defense. Your secondary wasn't quite that good. The offensive line had holes. Like, that's why you have picks. That's why you stockpile. That's why you don't give up high picks, so you get these guys, and eventually you figure out the quarterback. The Eagles went the other way. So, no, no, let's just go get the quarterback. We'll give up the picks. We think Wentz is going to be the guy. And then we'll, we'll get rid of Bradford when someone needs him, which is exactly what happened. They got a first-round pick in Minnesota, which to me is larceny. Even as Bradford's played well, a first-round pick, that guy's crazy. And a conditional fourth or fifth, I believe it was, like, that's great. It's a great move for Philly. Uh, you still get Daniel as the backup, and Doug Peterson as the new head coach comes in. But I think even the most optimistic Eagles fan is, all right, eight and eight. Right? They're a bad team a year ago. They fired Chip. Let's just rebound. All of a sudden, go 3-0 with a rookie out of the gate is incredibly rare to see. Like, even the quarterbacks, we talk about a ton. Winston, Mariota coming out of college. They don't come in and light it on fire. It takes a little bit of time, you know, unless you're an Andrew Luck. Griffin has one great year that he's injury-prone and, and inconsistent ever since. So, for Philly, I don't want to say, you know, I think the bubble's going to burst, but, but I am surprised how good they've been. I think the Lions, though, with that defense, that's a good test against Philly because it, it isn't like their offense is loaded with stars. It, it's the same guys that they've had in there. Wentz is really the difference. And I guess, listen, Sproles looks reinvigorated. Certainly as a running back, they've got Jordan Matthews as a good wide receiver, but Detroit should be able to hang with them. I, I, the surprise is Philly's defense has been better, so I'm curious to see how they match up against the Lions' offense. What, what, do, they say, what do you think, and certainly the people that you talk to in the building think of Matt Stafford? I, I don't see that at 1-3 and three that he is, he's the least of their problems, yet there are plenty, especially here in Detroit and, and fans listening right now, that think, you know what, he needs to just go out and win a game by himself. Is that fair? 
think the, um, you know, the rose bloom is off, the honeymoon is over. I think the first couple of years, people really realized, like I said, big arm, clearly talented, best quarterback the Lions have had in a while, a franchise that could use a premier guy and hasn't had a history of necessarily top signal callers, so Stafford was exactly what they needed. And, and obviously with Megatron was, uh, was a great reunion. But I think now it's starting to feel, and it feels a little bit like Stafford, the way I feel, feel a little bit about Matt Ryan. Like, okay, you've been around for a few years now. Let, let's see it. Like, okay, we got it. We know you have the physical tools. Like you said, let's go and win a game by yourself. Like, we got the fact that there's holes in your team. But guess what? Every team has those. We want to see you summon up this extra reserve, that extra gear, and actually lead your team to victory, even though it's patently unfair sometimes because you go, hang on, he's just one guy. You know, you can't do it all yourself. But I feel like Stafford, yes. If you'd asked me a couple of years ago, the analysts that I worked with talked to on ESPN Radio, the former NFL guys, they go, oh, Stafford's a top 10 talent. Now, I talk to them, I go, mm, he's a middle-of-the-pack quarterback. Once you start running down all the names and you go, okay, I've still got Brady, I've still got Breeze, I've still got Roethlisberger, okay, luck, like here's the, here's this, you know, the, 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 the upper crust. Cam Newton's in that mix, there's my five. And you go, okay, the next five, I've got Matt Ryan, I've got other names like that. All of a sudden, you start to lump Stafford with maybe Blake Bortles. It's kind of like middle-of-the-pack, even, even the late teens down. You go, okay. What's he done? Like, at some point, you do have to put up and have that productivity. I'm with you. If I'm a team, I still would want to have Matthew Stafford as my quarterback, but I can feel that shift changing. And I think if they have a really bad season, you're going to hear more of that in Detroit and elsewhere in the NFL. By the way, uh, good luck to your Blue Jays tonight, brother. Oh, man. I I am... I'm wishing I was at the Dome, but then I realized I wouldn't be able to take the anxiety. It's funny. I thought... You know, when we were kids, it was never more nerve-wracking. I thought as you get older, once you have your own family, right. you know, you can separate yourself a little bit. And there's there's some of that, but when it came like this, when it's winner-take-all, literally your entire season comes down to nine innings, I'm, I'm glad that we're talking now. It's, it's therapeutic for me. Otherwise, I'd be balled up in a corner wondering how Marcus Stroman's going to pitch tonight. But <laughs> I, I think that Jay's pulling out, even though my confidence is not as high as it was a few weeks ago. Literally, Maddie, three weeks ago, Galloway goes, how are the Jays looking? They go, great. Two games up on the Yankees, they're going to coast, they're going to win the division, ready to go. And ever since then, it was like a 12 and 16 in September, uh, only 3.7 runs per game in September, October, the lowest in Major League Baseball. I'm like, wait, what happened to this vaunted Jays offense? So I hope they awaken tonight. I think they will, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. I see all your boys in uh, at the Four Letter Network are, are picking against my guys, and they're going with the Red Sox, sort of the uh, ESPN home team. Well, this is what I get annoyed by. It's that I, I, I don't mean to crush our guys, but... I don't like when the analysis is so simplistic, meaning, and even I, I'm happy that some of the guys are calling for the Jays, but they go, well, they've got, they're at home, so they're going to win. I'm like, really? Like, we've, we've got to go deeper than just we're at home. Like, it's not the Orioles have never played a road game before. It's not like they can't hit a ton of home runs at the Rogers Center. So in the case of Cleveland, I feel like all these guys are saying one thing, which is, oh, they've lost two of their starters. Oh, you know what? Forget it. They don't know their two and three guy. You know, Salazar was so good for them. I, I just don't see... Tomlin or Bauer stepping up. Nah, sorry, they've got Kluber in that like, Okay, I got it. I understand those guys were great pitchers, but do you think Francona worked this magic all year just because of two pitchers? Like, right. I, their offense can score some runs, and I do think Kluber can can win you a game and maybe two games in a short service. And Boston's offense is great. I get it. But David Price still had an ERA of four this year. He's still not a good playoff pitcher. So if um, you know Kluber wins game one for Cleveland at home, then I like my chances if I'm Cleveland. All right, brother. Always great catching up. I could talk to you for days. What's the uh, what's the latest on the movie scene with you? Are you uh, happy with what's in the theater right now, or no? Yeah, this, this is the time we start to gear up because you know the last three months of the year is when all the Oscar hopefuls comes and now all the actual quality films. The, the studios just dumped them all on us. So 
we'll have to actually separate what's good from what we believe is going to be good because of all the hype. But yeah, this is a, a good time for movies, man. Like I, I know people miss the summer, and I get the summers are great, but playoff baseball, NFL, and quality movies, a lot of reason to love October. I just loved, and I know I tweeted to you and you laughed, I just loved la- a couple weeks ago when you tweeted out that Forrest Gump was overrated. I'm like, yes, Adnan, I loved it. <laughs> the great thing there, Matty, was when I said it, I realized it would be controversial. I would, I would uh, get a lot of hatred. <laughs> but the amount of people who backed me up, like, you, Heck I, yeah. I'm telling you, it was, it was like 64 people going, yes, Adnan, that movie does stink. Good for you. So I was like, all right. I felt really emboldened by that, by the movie nation supporting me. It was, uh, it was, I don't know. I mean, how many times have we all seen it? It's on TBS like every weekend, but I just, uh, I don't think it's that great. That with this one question, how does it win Best Picture of Pulp Fiction and Shawshank Redemption? Oh, man. Only you know that stuff. Great catching up, A.V. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Matty. Take care, man. All the best with the podcast and everything else moving forward. I thank you to Adnan Virk for joining us from ESPN. God, he is great to talk to. Love talking to AV about the Lions. Certainly, team did make a move today. Uh, they've been awarded Armonte Bryant off waivers from the Browns. This is a defensive end, a former 2013 seventh round pick of the Browns, and a guy who can get to the passer. Last year showed some promise. Bryant had five and a half sacks for the Browns. And uh, Armani Bryant was suspended four games, first four games, for violating the league's performance-enhancing drug policy at the start of the year. He became active and ready to go for Week 5, and the Browns just released him yesterday. The Lions have picked him up. Wallace Gilberry, the defensive end, defensive tackle, has an abdomen, abdomen injury. So they have uh, placed him on injured reserve. So the newest Bryant, uh, newest Bryant, newest Lion is Armonte Bryant. A, a former seventh-round pick of the Browns, wore number 95 for them, had a decent year last year for them. Bryant uh, now, as long as he stays out of trouble and stays clean, should be on the field for the Lions come Sunday when the team faces the Eagles at Ford Field. That'll do it for another edition of Locked On Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At MetroPCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to MetroPCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.